99 hour bus journey, continuously on the road for oh, four days. Uh, and from all of that, we discovered that the Peruvian bus, uh, there was no Wi-Fi and the charging points were not working properly. So it was a case of not even able to be being on my phone, dicking around, playing games on my phone. It was a case of listening to the variety of films that they were gonna play and basically looking out the window, which in hindsight was a very, very good thing to do. Definitely saw a lot of things. Four days pretty much on a bus. There's one 72 hour journey. Um, I'll be honest with you, the aim was not to end up in Cartagena, actually. Although Aaron and I were meeting there, um, I could have afforded a night in Bogota itself before traveling on to Cartagena, but we'll get to that in a bit. The journey was great. The journey was awesome. We saw pretty much everything you could think of seeing. Headed out of Lima, you, you pretty much head up the Route 1N, um, Una Norte. The cool thing about that road is it pretty much hugs the Pacific coast. You go past, you know, a variety of bays. Sometimes you're very close to the coast. Sometimes you're slightly land, but you're never too far away from being able to look at the sea, uh, looking out over the sea. As with most uh, Latin American transport, they like to make stops quite frequent, which is good for driver changeover, but also good for passengers to stretch legs and bits and bobs like that. A lot of films, a lot of overnight sleeping, a lot of day sleeping, uh, a lot of not doing a lot. But do remember stopping off in a few places. Uh, number one was Trujillo, which is a city in the north of Peru. Uh, we had about an hour about an hour or two there to walk around and have a look, which again, seemed like a relatively nice place. We also stopped in a very uh, tiny town by the seaside. I don't remember that name, but had a lovely, um, I was gonna say fish supper, but that makes me sound incredibly northern. I had a very nice uh, lunch there, uh, again, in one of our hour layovers that we had. Apart from that, the beaches and everything, they turn into mountains. You get to around the, Pura area of Peru uh, and then the really this sort of this this brownish landscape the, these sands these you know almost monotonous things you're looking at they start changing because you're now starting to go inland a bit you are starting to head up into um, back into the Andes but also heading into very grassy hilly areas so it made for a very nice change of scenery the border crossing between Peru and Ecuador was good fun. It was quite straightforward. From Ecuador, when we got into Ecuador, the main places that we popped off at was a place called Cuenca, and then also then Quito. Now, Quito, we didn't spend much time in. We were literally at the bus station dropping people off. And it was this part of the journey that almost became a little, a little bit tedious, a little bit boring, because I knew that after we'd been to the north of Colombia, uh, our plan was to then get the bus back from uh, Bogota to Quito. So I was just about to go up the road and I knew that road quite well because you know we'd be going back down it in a few weeks time. At Quito, we headed over to Colombia and I've been told by AD, again, the same AD that we met in Paraguay, that uh, the Colombians uh, quite like a, a dish called ball penis soup. Now, I've seen a photo that Adia sent me of a bull penis soup. You kind of think that they, you know, might cut off the penis of the bull. They might, you know, I don't know, mash it up or whatever. So you don't really recognize it as such. 
but the photo that he sent us of when he tried ball penis soup, you literally just a bowl of soup and this massive big fat penis just hanging out of the bowl. Um, just absolutely nuts, quite literally. And a big bunch of balls as well. So yeah, a massive penis just in the middle of a soup. It's not really how I like my food. No, I didn't end up trying it. But point being, after we finally got into Colombia, and I was a bit nervous at the border. At the time, there was a lot of negative press about Colombia. Uh, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. You've got the FARC movement doing this. You've got people doing that. You're into Escobar country. Drugs are around everywhere. What's going on? It, was, ooh, it seemed a bit... Ugh. So I was a bit apprehensive at the border. Um, but after I got the, the stamp in the passport, it was, all, it was all set and all done. The first place we stopped off at to get a bit of lunch in, uh, in Colombia, I saw ball penis soup. Actually saw it. I didn't order it. We were at the little uh, restaurant on the side. Someone had ordered it. I'm there munching down on whatever I was eating. And out of the corner of my eye, I just see this big ball penis looking at me because uh, a person at the other end of the table has ordered ball penis soup. Very, um, yeah, to see someone just chewing on a penis. Uh, no comment. Uh, we're going to get that explicit content on this show anyway. But, um, yeah, to see some to see someone uh, chewing down on a penis, I didn't know whether to laugh, cry, or be turned on. To be brutally honest with you, we had a very quick stop over at Cali, a wonderful city in the south of a wonderful city in the south of uh, Colombia. There, and from Cali, it was in the home stretch. We're now heading over into Bogota. We were meant to be there quite um, late in the afternoon, so before the sun went down, basically. But surprise, surprise, because of the fact that you're on a, a 72 hour bus journey, you're going to have some discrepancies here and there. Some of the border crossings had taken longer than we'd anticipated. So we end up arriving in Bogota quite late. Having not had Wi-Fi or anything like that, I hadn't booked in a place to stay in Bogota. When we got off at the bus station at seven, eight o'clock in the evening. Seven, eight o'clock in the evening, you know, we're all tired. People are going their own way. I'm there with my bag. I'm at the bus station. First thing you do, got straight into the bus station. Kind of thought about what I needed to do. There was no Wi-Fi at the bus station. Although I had some Lonely Planet guys, I didn't really have uh, a Colombian pesos or Colombian cash on me either, which made it a bit tricky to get around and about, especially if I was going to hail a cab. Like everything had been paid for on cards so far. So that was a bit strange. So in, in Bogota, off a 72-hour journey, thinking, right, I'm in the middle of nowhere here, it's pitch black. Not that it's dangerous, but you've got to keep your wits with you when you're traveling. You've got to have a bit of common sense. Into the bus station, got a couple of snacks and was asking around the various bus ticket people. But there's always different bus lines and, you know, always got different services to different places and, you know, things like that. Went around a few counters and asked for a bus to Cartagena. Didn't have any luck in the first couple of bus uh, ticket offices. But the third ticket office tried, uh, there was a bus. You know, at what time is it? And the guy said, oh, it's in about half an hour. How long does it take? It's about 20, 22 hours. Okay. Right, so they've already been on a bus for a, about 77 hours, thinking about it. 76, 77 hours, we had a delay. So I thought, fuck it. Might as well just jump on this bus, pay for it, jumped on the bus, might as well have another overnight, you know, sod it, it doesn't really matter. Bus security wasn't as good as the Peruvian bus, so I think I slept with my arms wrapped around my big bag to add all your valuables in. And again, if you fall asleep, you never really know what's going to happen. But ended up jumping on this bus, 
and same principle uh, about 22 hours later ended up in Cartagena so we're in Cartagena it's about 99 hours after setting off from Lima I haven't slept in a hostel bed or anything like that for a few days now bit tired you get off it's about 35 degrees I kid you not it's hot it's sweaty it's very uncomfortable and now I've got a massive bag on me as well I look like a proper traveler here I'm standing out like a sore thumb at a bus station. Again, I've got no accommodation. I've turned up about whatever time it was in the afternoon, evening, maybe six, seven o'clock. It's pitch black. Similar principle. I need to get from the bus station into at least somewhere near the, near the old town. So what do we do here? Bit of a quandary. I'm asking around. Uh, some taxis wouldn't take me because I didn't have cash. Uh, some taxis were you know, just not answering me. And a guy on a, guy on a moped turns up. And that's one of those moments where you look back at it and go, it, this could have gone horribly wrong, but it could have also gone quite right. Thankfully for me, it went quite right. And I still maintain to this day that that was down to the fact that my Spanish was okay, that I could hold a conversation relatively simply, but I could hold a conversation I knew, I knew the language to an extent. The guy's on his moped, I've got a big bag on me, I've got another sort of rucksack on me as well, so I've got two bags. And it's basically said to the guy, I need to get to the old town uh, of Cartagena. He said, see, um, yeah, this is how much. I said, look, that's too much. He said, how about this price? So we agreed, we agreed on the price. Thinking about it by this time, I'd also found an ATM at the bus station, so I'd got some Colombian pesos out as well. So I, had, I actually had a bit of cash on me. I said, well, I need accommodation as well. He said, well, I, I've got a good place where you can go. Nice people. I can drop you off there. You know, is that OK with yourself? I thought that will do lovely. Aaron and I had booked some accommodation in Cartagena a little while ago, but it wasn't until the, it wasn't meant to kick in until the, the following evening. And I'd forgotten where the accommodation was. So rather than going there, because I couldn't remember the name of it, I had to find a place for a night, basically. Uh, the following day, it'd be a case of meeting Aaron uh, in, in, in Cartagena. So this guy pretty much put me on the moped. I'm not great on two wheels at the best of times, but put me on the moped. He took my massive rucksack off of me. He was sat on the front of the moped. I had my arms on his hips. I had my little rucksack on the back. He had the big rucksack across his lap as well. And this guy was darting in and out of traffic like no tomorrow. It's pretty much like, I don't know, that scene from Terminator 2 around he's chasing you know, the evil people down on his bike. It's like a 17-minute bike chase. This is what it felt like. This is great. So I'm with the Colombian Arnold Schwarzenegger, or the Colombian Terminator. I might as well have been. Nice chap, though. And we're weaving in and out of traffic. We're going down the main roads. It's He's honking his horn everywhere. Everyone's honking their horns back at us. We're having a great time. I'm just keeping focus on having my arms, or my hands on this guy's hips so I'm not falling off and he's not going away with my stuff greatest 20 minutes of my life that was such an adrenaline rush or adrenaline rush it was unbelievable he's dropped us off just outside the old wall city and he said well, i'm not allowed to go into the old wall city but this is the accommodation you need you just gotta walk down this road and turn left great no problem so i walk around turn left uh, i think that the moto taxi the guy's name was wholesale it was miguel it was one of the two got off uh, got off um thanked him paid him Went to the hostel and said, uh, you know, uh, Miguel or Jose's told me to come here. And I was like, great, yeah, it's got a discounted rate. Went up to 
went up to the room. Again, I'm tired, I haven't slept well for days upon days upon days. Uh, pretty much opened the door, realised that there was a, a, a bunch of AC in the room, which was great, but there was no window, a bit dumb of me. Uh, basically put all the fans on, had a quick shower, crashed out until the following morning. Had some breakfast, managed to connect to the Wi-Fi, uh, and then, believe it or not, found out that the hostel that Aaron and I were staying at was literally around the corner. So, so I was very close to where I should have been anyway, but it was no issues. It was good to have a good... It was good to have a good night's sleep. The following day was simple. It was a case of having my breakfast, picking up my bags, going around to the hostel next door. And that was about it. Uh, checking in, having a, having a very quick walk around because I knew that Aaron would be turning up any time in the afternoon. And, and lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Uh, Aaron did turn up. We embraced. We sort of caught up. And he told me everything that was that had been going on. Obviously, a very sad time. Uh, we went for a quick beer, touched base on you know what I'd done between you know us parting ways in Kushko to where we were now, and you know the first day we uh, scaled the walls of Cartagena, the old fortress there in Cartagena. Join us next week where we will continue our endeavours and travels in northern Colombia. <laughs>